<laughs> Welcome, confidants, my sweet, smart, social, inquisitive, intriguing confidants. Welcome to Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and wow, a new year, new energy. We're trying to, we're trying desperately to bring different energy into this year than the past two. Um, I'm so excited that we have someone, a guest this week that is going to teach us a little bit about something I personally have been struggling with. Uh, she is the host of the Pretty Smart Podcast and journalist. She's also released a card deck titled Question Everything. She's been featured in Forbes, Poosh, which <laughs> I fucking love me some Poosh, GMA. And we're here to learn about demystifying and and struggling together through all that social anxiety. So we learn how to spark fascinating conversation and create memorable moments. This week's guest, Danielle Robey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm so happy to speak with you, finally meet you in person or well, virtually yeah. in person. <laughs> and I love your intro. I love all the adjectives you use to describe your viewers <laughs> because it's it honestly that's what I think if I were to do that that's how I would describe my viewers too it's oh like, my gosh I love smart podcasts yes and you know I change it each week depending on like what we're talking about that week because I want them to know that there's like even though I came into this being like I, this could be a heavier topic than I intended it to be like talking to people and breaking through social anxiety and conversation but there's like a, right there's a there's a backside to every coin. We can look at it as a positive. Instead of struggling, we're growing. We're exploring. We're expanding our fucking, I don't know, consciousness. We're all here. We're all getting through it together. Completely. <laughs> we're actually, I think it is a positive. I feel like we're all able to be more intentional. And we can, we'll get into it. But I do think the net net of all of this will be positive. The net net. I love that. Um, so let's get right into it then. Like, I just want to get my it. own personal problems out because I'm selfish like that. And I want to tell you that. Perfect. I'll be the therapist today. <laughs> exactly. This is always a form of therapy, these episodes. I am, you know, when I, I'm vaxxed, boosted, somehow still haven't gotten this damn Amar Amarion strain. And, you know, we have to fulfill work <laughs> obligations. The entertainment business does rely on hosts and journalists like us, um, some more accoladed than others here. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we got to do our work thing. And I always get nervous before interviewing people, even like even sometimes for the podcast. I'm like, you know, yeah. you want to ask the right questions. You want to be respectful. You want to provide something that's engaging and entertaining for people to listen to. Or if I'm doing it for like, you know, E online or whatever, there's a social anxiety that comes with interviewing people, but also just like talking to people right now feels stressful. Like talking to someone at the grocery store or the bar or let's be real. I'm not going to any bars, but like an event or like the Christmas holiday was just happening. And I feel like I, right. there's a new social anxiety that I didn't have before. Are you seeing that with people, you know? Yeah. And I, honestly, I'm experiencing it too. I mean, you and I are like professional conversationalists and we're feeling it. So I can't imagine how everybody is feeling. I think that um, we've all been locked up in our houses for so long that at this point, 
I actually feel like I don't want as much socialization. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that? 150% loving being alone. (laughs) Right? Like at first I think we were craving it. We were missing it. And now we're in this different stage. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to make sure to keep connection during this time. Even if we don't feel like it, we have to push outside of our comfort zone a little mm. bit because the more we isolate, the more we want to isolate. Yep. And coming back to those interactions feels a lot tougher, you know, like just yes. even, you know, on New Year's, it was a just four of us and I was so fearful of silence. And I think that also probably comes mm-hmm. from doing what we do, you know, with live events or anything or, or interviews, like, do you have any advice for not fearing silence in conversation? Yeah. So I've actually come up with 10 points um, to try and curb all of our social anxiety and think about how to be a better conversationalist and you hit on one of them, mm-hmm. which is embrace silence, <gasps> but there are ways to do it. So should we start there? Yes, I love that. I love a list. Tangible action items. Okay. I love I it. That's over breakfast. Me too. I always like, I always want to take away. Yeah. So I feel like listicles are good. good. Um, so if we're talking about silence, some of the, I don't know how you feel in interviews, but some of my best interviews and nuggets come from when I'm uncomfortable and silent Oof. and letting somebody speak. Mm. They keep speaking because they're uncomfortable right. and they actually then like start to say all the best stuff mm. because it's like stream of consciousness, yes. you know? So I think in terms of being comfortable with silence, it's about practice. Mm. Cause the first few times you do it, you're going to be like, I'm socially awkward. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to start sweating. And really you're not. You just have to recognize that silence is actually a different form of communication. It means you're comfortable with somebody. It means that um, you're present. You're enjoying the moment. It doesn't have to be a bad Mm. thing. So I think just flipping the script in terms of how we view it Mm. is super important. Yeah. Um, But I think also, uh, which is why I came out with this card deck, it's um, 52 questions for deeper conversation, is I think we've all been locked up with either ourselves or the same people. And we've all been having the same conversations. It's like, what did so-and-so eat for breakfast today? And like, (laughs) we've had all the mundane conversations. Mm -hmm. And so now it's about spicing it up in my opinion. Yeah. Cause it's, it really is those same questions of like, so what vaccine did you get? Are you boosted? Have you gotten the strain yet? So-and-so has it. It's like the same conversation in every Zoom meeting I'm have, text thread I'm having, it's like all we're talking about is the Panini Patricia, and I am so ready to talk about like anything else while still acknowledging the shared collective trauma we went through. What are your tips yeah. to literally talking about anything else <laughs> besides the pandemic? Uh, okay, this is perfect. So I think the first thing to think about is come into a conversation curious because everybody you meet knows something that you don't know. Mm. And if you keep thinking about that, sometimes you don't know what they know immediately, right? Like you don't know what to ask. Sometimes I don't know how to enter a conversation or I'm like, my brain just went blank and I'm like, Oh, how's your day? (laughs) You know? But I think that if you go into it thinking like, I wonder what I can learn from this person, you'll start to ask different conversations. Mm. So like one is approaching the conversation in a curious way. Mm. Two is, or do you go to therapy? Uh, duh. 
Okay. So I learned this from my therapist because number two is don't be judgmental. Ooh. So I, I don't know if you think about the, the number one, who comes to your mind when you think about who you want to talk to or tell something important to uh, Charlize Theron. I don't know. That was the first one that, <laughs> oh, well, that is Charlize your friend. Cause no. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, case. I just feel like she would be so cool to interview and talk to. I'm like, I want to know everything about her. <laughs> Who in your life, oh, like that you actually know? My partner, Jared. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I bet part of that is because Jared doesn't judge. Yes. You. He takes you, your partner, Jared, takes you for who you are, where you're 100%. at, right? Okay, so I feel most comfortable with people who don't judge me, like my therapist. <laughs> and I said to her one day, how can I give this gift that you give me once a week to people that I'm in conversation Aww. with? Because it feels so good. Yeah. And she's like, Danielle, you're going to hate this answer. And I was like, what? She goes, in order to judge others less, we must judge ourselves less. Whoa. So start by trying to not judge yourself. Wow. And in turn, you'll judge others less. But also it will make them feel so much more comfortable mm. opening up to you. And the conversation will go deeper and will go places that you you really want it to and are craving. But it's a feeling. It's intangible. Yeah. So you really have to come in on it. Wow. That's a big one. It's a big one. This third one I think is really big too. And you'll know this really well because you're a host. So open-ended questions. Right. In jur journalism 101 is start a question with who, what, where, when, or how. Yes. Who, wait, no, who what, where, when, why, right. how. So, okay. So for instance, if I give you a complicated question, you're going to give me a simple answer, which is not what no. you want. So, right, simple is boring. So if I say to you, um, were you terrified when the storm started? What are you going to say, most likely? Yeah. Right? You're going to be like, yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It, you gave me nothing. No. <laughs> but what if, what if I say to you, what was going through your mind when the storm started? Oh, my gosh. I hate rain. Lightning is terrifying. Is my house going to leak? Right? All my insecurities are coming, flowing out. <laughs> so open-ended questions mm. are, what did that feel like? How would you describe that? Mm. Like, if you give a simple question, they'll give you a more complicated answer. Mm, love that. I think that's a great one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, number four. Listen to learn and understand. Don't listen to respond, oh, which is also huge, very much a therapy thing, right? Huge. And I think we do this with our partners, like, especially with people we love and we're close to, cause we feel more comfortable, like talking over oh, them. Yeah. And so there's this great stat. The average person talks at 225 words per minute, Whoa. But we can actually listen to up to 500 words per minute. Wow. So it's really about like ingesting and processing and giving more thoughtful responses, I assume, is what comes out of that. Right. Because if, okay, we're having a conversation yeah. and while I'm talking to you, you're, there's thoughts going through yes. your mind. And because you're a good host, you're not saying everything that's on your mind because you'd be interrupting yes. me. Right. So part of a good conversation is like, don't say all the things you're thinking. Ooh. Just let somebody speak and listen and let it flow because we can listen to way more words, 500 than we can 
say out loud. That's a 225 in a minute. See, I just cut you off by accident, but like I'm trying not to judge myself. That was something when I very first started podcasting, I got a lot of comments saying like, Kelsey, you're talking way too much. Like let the guests talk. And I, I, at first I was hurt because I'm a sensitive person, but I realized it's like my excitement for information and getting as much as I can in in such a short amount of time was mm-hmm. more important to me than actually slowing down and letting exactly what you're saying, like let the conversation be more like a stew and letting it bubble underneath and really cook and pull out flavors. Rather, I was just trying to like heat up a can of SpaghettiOs and like get the content out. Right. But now it, I see it too in conversations where people talk a lot about themselves, where it's a tactic mm-hmm. to try to relate to what the other person's saying, but it comes out as like, you're just talking about yourself. And I feel like the listening, active listening can be maybe a helpful trick with that. You're so spot on because also what happens when we try and relate and talk about ourselves in terms of other people's experiences Mm -hmm. is every experience is so different that those people feel not seen and not Mm -hmm. heard because even though maybe somebody in your life passed away, if I say, oh, I know what that feels like, like mm. I just had a good friend pass away, you're like, no, it's like mine, mine is different than yes. yours. And you, you feel misunderstood. It feels it. 100%. I, I find that with, see, look, I'm like, okay, but don't talk about an experience you had because you don't want to sound like you're just talking about yourself. But I find that that's a thing that uh, fixers do. You know, like when someone's a fixer, mm. they, they want to give as many resources and it's not coming from a place of it's all about me or, you know, focus on my problem, like focus on my um, loss or, or grief. It's more like, know that I've done, this has happened to me. So like, how can I fix your thing? And I've learned from my therapist mm-hmm. is like, you don't need to be trying to fix everyone's thing. Like sometimes people just want to talk their ear off to someone. And have no fucking completely. <laughs> I've actually started saying this to some of my friends. Um, or I'm like, do you want me to give you feedback or do you want me to just listen? Big one. That's a huge one. Big yeah. one. Yeah. Because sometimes I just want someone to listen. Yeah. I just need an ear. I need to feel like love. Yeah. And the the phrase a, a good friend of mine, Marley List, said, I've said it a couple times on this podcast, but that I don't need to be handing a tissue to everyone. Like some people, what does that mean? Like, uh, you know, I was in this woman's group of her. She does like an embodied sexual empowerment women's uh, course. And in the course, we get on some pretty heavy topics and people cry. And I would constantly like step in and try and like make light a joke because I'm a comedian or, or relate or like, I just, I was so uncomfortable with someone being so hurt and I just didn't want that anymore. I was like, please stop and be better. And like, it's okay. We're going to get through this and know that there was support, but I was giving support in the wrong way by trying to hand a tissue. And it was like, maybe that person just really needs to fucking cry it out and like be in that somatic experience for themselves. Right. Yeah. It's hard though. Cause it, you have to get uncomfortable or you have to get comfortable with like mess, mm. which is uncomfortable sometimes. Big time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you were on five. But if we're not right. Yes. So, um, oh no, that was four. So five is I have embraced differences while building on commonalities. So, um, part, so Michelle Obama and Barack Obama were asked what makes their relationship work so well. And Barack said, 
we are similar enough, but different, Aww. meaning we have the same values, but we have different interests. So like things don't get so boring. Yeah. And I think a great conversation is that same thing because part of it is we want to walk away having learned something from one another, maybe having different points of views, but also feeling like we connected on something and that we're similar. Mm -hmm. So like if you, if we have different political views and we want to get into it, that's fine, but let's not leave the conversation there. Let's also talk about how we both love traveling to Amsterdam. <laughs> I do. That's my favorite city. <laughs> oh my god me too oh, see look at us we're great conversationalists are you making that up I or no i swear to tell. god i literally did my birthday episode this year in amsterdam because that's i would go live that's there amazing. this summer if i if i'm Rakran would chill the fuck out <laughs> it's so good so yeah like you know we can have a bunch of differences but now i'm like that's a thing that we yeah. share so i think that's important huge um Number six is another nod to journalists, which is um, feel free to admit that you don't know something mm. because journalists always feel like they're on the record. So if somebody asks a question and they're not sure, their first response very easily is either, you know, I'm not sure or I actually am not an expert on mm. that because their words matter so much. Right. And by admitting that you don't know something, you're actually building trust with somebody. Mm. Instead of, I think like a lot of times in conversation, people feel like they have to be experts. Yeah. You don't have to be an expert. Like let yourself off the hook. Oof. I think that's a, an um, ego thing too, right? Like we probably want to mm -hmm. be able to back up our words. And especially when you're talking to like authoritative figures or maybe people you admire or, you know, celebrities or whatever you want to, you don't want to seem, I'm saying this phrase dumb. Of course it's not dumb, but you want to seem like yeah the expert in your field you want it to be impressive but i think showing that vulnerability is actually a lot more of a and people like to have teachable moments i think someone likes to say oh my gosh let me tell yes. you more about that thing you are so spot on <laughs> it actually like brings it brings confidence out in the person you're speaking to because now you put them in the experts wow yeah you're so right um, number seven, which you actually have done during this interview, whether you knew it ah. or not, is if you feel like you have to change the subject, because sometimes like you run out of things to talk about, about Amsterdam. So you <laughs> want to change the subject, but it doesn't want, like, you don't want it to be awkward or forced sure. is use a word that they used in the last sentence as a transition. Whoa. Right. So I could say to you, you know what you just mentioned being an expert, which is so interesting because I see the, um, all the books behind you on your bookshelf, which, like, which book have you been reading? What are you an expert on? Right oh now? my God. I had no idea where you were going with that point. I was like, what do you mean? Take the word that they end on and expand off of that. But it's kind of also like saying, speaking of, I got a blah, 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 right? Like it's, it's exact transition, words. but it's a less awkward transition. Yes. I am queen yeah. of saying, I am queen of, again, fearing silence and then saying, speaking of, I got to pee and then walking away <laughs> <laughs> or like Irish exiting. And people are like, what the fuck? What the oh, okay. But like, even my friends are like, she's so I love that. ADHD. So I'm learning a lot here. This is incredibly helpful. No, I think you're so high energy and engaging. Oh, good. Um, 
But yes, I think that's the transition one's really good and easy. Um, and then also, have you ever taken an improv class? Many. <laughs> okay, so you'll know this better than I will. I've only taken one. But in improv, they the number one rule is you must build on what the person before you has said. So it's always yes and. You don't ever say no. You don't shut somebody down. Mm. The same, this is number eight, the same goes for conversation is use building words. Ooh. So for instance, a small change that you can make is in, get rid of but oh, in your B-U-T. Yes. Get rid of but in your vocabulary. It's all about and. Ah. Um, which is yes and. Because but makes people feel like oh, you disagree with me, you're pushing me away. And it's that small change that actually makes a really big difference. That's huge in um, conversations with uh, like fighting too. If you're saying something and then mm. you, and someone's listening to you and you say, but I don't, but this, that, and the other, or I don't agree with Ooh. you. It, I, I've learned that from my couples therapist yeah. was to yes. And a conversation of just taking out that simple defensiveness of, but makes the other person feel like we're working on this thing together against the problem rather than we're fighting each other. Right. Yeah. We're a unit against the problem. Yeah. I like that a lot. And the same goes for the conversation. It's, it's me, it's Kelsey, and then it's our conversation and we should both be working towards the conversation instead of like, you know, wow. against each other. So same. Such an art to that. this. I, I, there really is. And I, it seems weird. It's like, how am I going to employ numbers one through 10 in conversation? But if you just start practicing it, even if you take one or two and start using them, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to, people will respond to you in such a different wow. way. Um, so number nine is super easy. This is just my opinion. This is not scientifically based. I think great conversationalists are well-read. Oh, I agree. So do yes. you agree? <laughs> with therapists and specifically with children, they always say to you that if you ask kids um, their opinion on something, it helps build confidence. Aww. So even if you say to a kid, like, what did you think of the cookies I made? Were they good? Or what do you think about my outfit? Do these, does the black and blue, do they match? There's no right or wrong answer, but asking somebody's opinion on something builds confidence and trust Aww. and the same goes for conversation. So, and that's part of reading because like, I think sometimes you have to think of like a hot topic, right? right. If you don't know what to talk, if I don't know what that is my go-to, if I don't know what to ask somebody, I'm like, Oh my God, I just read about Chloe and Tristan. No. And, you know, maybe we could talk about something deeper, but nope. because this is water cooler <laughs> <This> talk, <is deep. laughs> I did Tristan Thompson just apologized to Chloe again. What do you think about wow. it? Wow. And that already, like, even though this is just an example, I'm like, I have 700 things I would like to respond with, the, with that conversation. Genuinely. I know this is tangential, but like, what, but do what do you <laughs> uh, I just want justice for Jordan Woods. That's all I want. I, oh yeah, she needs the, she deserves the real apology. Seriously. And like, she is doing fine and I'm so glad she's like happy, but I think she could be doing even better if the Kardashians made this a teachable moment for themselves and like brought her back up in more and like gave her more deals and money or whatever, like bring her back into the biz. This is funny. I, I think they mm. do, they owe her that. I also feel like Tristan's first Baby mama deserves a real apology. She is laughing. I think she probably feels like, right? thank God I got rid of that now. 
I just what a what mess. is wrong? See, we could do a whole episode about bless this. that mess. Bless that mess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, number 10 is my favorite yes. and it is the golden rule of conversation, which is also, and I can, we can, I can yeah. show you some of the questions I'll ask you. How about I ask you oh some Oh my of the God. Questions. So fun. Okay. So number 10, it's, which is what prompted this card deck is that the most interesting thing is to be interested. Ooh. And so stop talking about yourself. Everybody, when we go into a first date a job interview, any important Whoa. thing, what do you want to do? Your main goal is you want to leave a great impression on somebody. You want it to be a memorable moment. Mm. You want them to call you back mm -hmm. to be, you want when you leave for them to be like, wow, that was really great. Yeah. Right. That's what we all want. How do you do that? You ask questions. Wow. It is the golden rule. So Harvard Business Review actually did a study on this and the number one critique for any meeting, first date, all that stuff is I wish he, she, they asked me more wow. questions. Wow. Because, you know, you said something interesting there with the the job aspect of it, a job interview. And I, mm -hmm. I was thinking like, oh, my God, I haven't had to do one of those in a very long time. But the, the yeah, right. The uh, assumption is that you're getting asked a lot of questions. What kind of like twist do you have on that to be more interested in something that like a job interview? Because that's so unique. I haven't heard that. Um, I actually love this topic. I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel so passionate about um, taking every moment and trying to add value to somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And so when we walk into a job interview, oftentimes we're thinking about, A, how do I impress this person? And B, what can I get out of this? Because I want this mm -hmm. job. And it's the wrong questions to be asking and the wrong mentality to mm -hmm. have. The question you should be asking when you walk into a job interview is how can I add value to this person's life? Ooh. And so flipping the script on the question that you are asking yourself is the first yeah. step. But the second step, the weather is getting warmer. So it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're, they're loose. They're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up. I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears. So I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. 
Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences is thinking about how this person is a busy person how do i make their life easier their life better and that comes with asking questions so it's like what is your day-to-day like and like if somebody could take something off your plate what would be the first two things that you would want to get rid of or um what is the most time-consuming aspect of what you do just asking little questions to get to like the to the answer to yourself your your yeah. question which is how do I add value to their life? Um, the other really good tip for this I think is when you walk into somebody's office. My mentor Steve taught me this. When you walk into somebody's office, the first thing you should do is take a look around at the mm-hmm. like what um, photos are on their desk, what plaques do they have on their wall, do they have plants, do they not mm-hmm. have plants? Because great small talk is like oh look you have. You have a daughter. She loves to play baseball. What's her favorite player? Did she play little league? What is she, you know, like they ask people about what they're interested uh, in and get, you get so many clues from somebody's office. Like looking huge. at you right now, I'm like, okay, <laughs> we have a rainbow light. We have a lot of books. We have a woman's body. I can tell like, I'll be, be, I mean, obviously I've listened to your podcast, but before that I'm like, she's a feminist, <laughs> like cares about LGBTQIA rights, loves to read, yes. is smart. Oh. Like I have so many clues about who you Seriously, are. Seriously, I, I say that this is like the cosmic vagina of my brain. Like it, it's, it's my safe space. If I have to come in here and like do hard things every day, I want to feel so comforted by things that I love. So like you can't see the whole office, but every inch of these walls are covered in paintings or artwork or all of the furniture is pink and fuzzy and warm and and you know that there's a lot of reasoning behind i wanted to make this space so safe but see look at you now you got me talking about something i love that was so easy to do but that that's a huge thing like if that's how a job interview started i'd already feel like thank you to this person for letting me kind of like gush for a minute about something i love and talk about break the ice, if you will. And then you have a great follow-up. You have more to talk about because now I just heard you say, if I'm going to do hard things every day, now my first follow-up is what feels, what's feeling hard. And then I just start crying. I'm like, wow, you're so easy to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have to, you must be like a bit of an empath. Like, do you have to protect your energy sometimes as someone who like gets talked to for a living a lot? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, if you have any great um, <laughs> hints on on how to get better, because I always go in between part of it is like, 
Listen, I am bad at a lot of, like most things I am really bad oh. at. I don't have a lot of like hobbies or skills. I'm not good at stuff. But I feel like one of my gifts was being able to feel other Ooh. other human beings. Mm. And like, can, like I can truly, like, I, I don't know you, but I know yeah. you. I can feel who 100%. you are. And I don't want to like block my blessing and right. not lean into that. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I, ha I don't have a laundry machine in my, I live in like a really terrible oh, one no. bedroom apartment. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> and thank you. This is my nice it's corner. Um, but so I, I send my laundry out. And the guy who um, dropped my laundry off started telling me out of the blue that he lost all these people in his mm -hmm. life and like went down this really long road. And while I was really feeling for him, I was like, I have like 15 calls today. I'm not in the headspace. Yes, yet. that's. And then I don't ever know what to do. Well, I was just going to ask you, what do you do? Because you obviously just gave us this beautiful list of and tips and tricks of things that's like an engaging conversation. But what the fuck do you do when you don't want to have a conversation? <laughs> so some of my like feminist mentors mm. said that in a lot of ways, um, listening is invisible labor. And I don't feel mm. that way. I don't feel like it's laborious. Mm. I love it. I, I think people's stories are... Like if they're willing to share it as a gift, wow. but you do have to protect your own space and energy. So I said to him, like, this is, I'm so touched that you shared with me. Thank you. I wish we could talk about this for longer, but I have a call in two minutes. Let's pick this back up next mm. week. Oh, that's sweet. Cause you leave him on like a hopeful you note. Know. Yeah. And then we didn't pick it up back, no. you know, next week and it was fine. Yeah. He was in a different headspace. He didn't need to share his story. So I think it's like, you don't, you always want to leave people feeling good too. You well, know? just that, oh that God. little, that little sentence closer. Cause I could, I was like, yeah, I could probably like, you know, pretend to have a phone call, but I'd still feel awkward about leave, leaving it. But to say just that small tidbit of like, let's pick this back up again. Like, or like, I want to keep chatting. Let's definitely make time for, you know, that's a, that's a recyclable sentence that you can use especially if it's someone close in your life that would understand like just not this minute, you know, or, or, um, I need a moment for myself. I'm so with you. Do you, are you feeling, um, like anxiety about talking to people? I, lately? I mean, yes. With in-person conversation, I think I've been doing the podcast so long that this is like my energizing, this like refills my batteries, if anything, cause I'm the same way with like you. I'm like, tell me your story. Give me your conversation but with right with being out in the world now i'm nervous that i'm just gonna explode word vomit and like just like i'm that nervousness i'm like is this excitement to be meeting someone that those two feelings can get conflated often but i i i'm feeling it as anxiety recently that's so interesting so you feel like you're gonna say too much i always do am i hearing that right <laughs> That's like my whole brand. But I think that's part of that's <laughs> no, but that's part of your, that's why people love oh. you. So you don't want to totally, right. You don't want to get rid of that. Yeah, no, it's a filter. I've learned exactly what you're pre teaching. Preaching is like, I've learned how to become a more active listener and more empathetic to other people asking more questions. You know, my, my partner does this hilarious thing where, you know, if we're standing in a circle of people out I, and I'll know it's coming because I'll feel the silence of the conversation and then I'll look and I'll know I'm like, he's about to do it. Go ahead. And he'll be like, 
So what's everyone passionate about right now? (laughs) It always takes everyone by surprise at first because they're like, you know, it kind of comes out of nowhere. But then as soon as someone opens up, it's like this beautiful waterfall of like just real mindfulness and interest and like all that juicy stuff you do wish for. But it always is like it's such an awkward entry and that actually kind of ties into a question I did want to ask you is like let's say there's someone you do want to go start a conversation with whether you're at a dinner party or a work thing but like you're very nervous to go up to someone and start even you know saying the thing even if it's just adoration you know how how do you how do you how do we do that (laughs) that is a I think that's the million dollar question Right. And some people just like have the gift of gab. Mm. Some people feel more uncomfortable, but no matter where you fall on that spectrum, I think everybody feels uncomfortable about the starting point. Mm. Like no matter how good you are with words, everyone's like, what do I say? Like I have friends call me and they're like, I just saw so-and-so at the airport. Like, what do I say? And it's, it's really hard, especially like, I mean, we've interviewed a ton of people and I don't know if you feel this way, but my first question for the podcast is always my most nerve wracking. Oh. Like, how do I start this big conversation? Yeah. The first thing I've learned is take the pressure off yourself. Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be this big, awesome question. You have time. Mm. So you don't need to, like, enter with a big yeah. room. And I think that that's, like, really where most of the anxiety comes totally. from. The first thing you can do is walk up and say, Hey, my name's Danielle. It's really nice to meet you. Um, I was I was noticing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So you can say if you want to give. Sometimes people feel comfortable with physical compliments. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Like you can say, I, I'm like a big sneakerhead. So if I see somebody wearing sneakers that I love, I'm like, Hey, I'm Danielle. It's nice to meet you. I love the Travis Scotts you're wearing. Ah! You know, like, and then it, and then we connect. Um, but if you don't feel comfortable with a physical compliment, I think you can say. You know, I was noticing that you were chatting with so-and-so or that you were drinking champagne. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, just try and connect with something that they're doing if you don't know where to start. Um, To your point with Jared, (laughs) while I so... I'm not as good with vulnerability, so I so admire (laughs) that Jared is. Yeah, he really is. But I do... It's awesome. But I do think that it can be jarring for people. So if you can kind of slow roll, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. Like get to use, use the, what are you passionate about lately as question number yes. three instead of question number one, <laughs> yeah. you know, because sometimes if you like, especially in work events, if you say that like out of yes. the blue, people are going to give you the head tilt and it's like not the good one, you know, yes. it's we're, we're working and like, God bless him. Because I think like as a straight white man who has grown up in a very like toxically masculine arena i love the fact that he'll walk into a group of like crypto bros and be like yeah but like wow what what gets you up in the morning like you know i love him for that but you're right there is like this artfulness to it and my what i keep coming back to in my head about what i've taken away from your your amazing but bountiful list is the less self-judgment because I think what I've noticed when someone comes to conversate with me is like the first thing they'll do is apologize. Like, sorry, uh, I just wanted to say something or like, I didn't mean to, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. And I'm like, I'm standing by myself. You didn't interrupt anything. Like, I'm perfectly, you know, 
help here to talk, you know, and I, I've, yep. I've noticed it's probably a self judgment, like, sorry that I'm about to express myself or sorry that I have this opinion or sorry that I, you know, and, and wow, when you said that, I just, I keep coming back to it of like, we should all just give ourselves a little bit more fucking grace and realize that mm. we're all human and that we've all just been kind of away from talking to people for two years. And I think I'm going to like practice this when I go to the post office later into like, what if I took all the judge judgment off myself? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know that I've ever entered a conversation without that, even to my therapist. <laughs> Completely. Right? So it's actually so interesting you said this because this is tangential and don't do this with a stranger, <laughs> but with somebody that you're close with, I find this interesting. So when I was, I came up with this card deck because I'll give you the short story, but I got my dream job and I thought, this is it. This is why I moved to LA from Chicago. Like I am so excited. And about a month in, I broke out into hives every day. I would cry in the bathroom oh. at lunch. I hated it. I quit. I started living off my credit cards, which talk about anxiety. Like I was, it was horrible. I thought I'd never get another job. And I had, I had Mm. like had a Google doc about 800 questions that I had asked celebrities, entrepreneurs, CEOs, like I've been interviewing people for a decade now. I started, I never asked myself one question. I realized while I was unemployed, I was like, I have been asking people questions for a living. Never asked myself one. This was pre-therapy. So I started asking myself about five or six of those questions every single day. And by the end of eight months, I was a so much more interesting <laughs> B way more practice. Did I say one and then B? Oh, we're, I, a, I was so on board. So much more interesting. You had me. I didn't even <laughs> flinch. I was like, yes, whatever you say, I'm listening. <laughs> you are the expert. <laughs> I was a so much more interesting B so much more practice mm. at asking questions, way more comfortable entering a conversation to ask them because truly questions are about practice. Yeah. And that's why I gamified it because it takes all of the awkwardness out of it. So if oops, don't throw me. it across so the if room, you s- <laughs> through my ear, but, um, these, this card deck, I started, I think what's so interesting is you can start playing by yourself, mm. asking yourself these questions, because it's important to know the answers that you have. So you can be a good sharer when you ask other people. And then when you do ask other people, you're going to be so much more practiced and have these in your yes. head and have a whole different conversation because also, like you said, the game, yes. like gamifying, it takes all the awkwardness hundred percent. Cause now we're set up for a deep conversation, you know, yeah. you bring this to a dinner party or whatever. You don't have to be like, how do I like get there? Because it's like, we're about to play. Well, speaking of playing, I want to get into some of these cards cause they're so effing cute. First of all, where can we get them? Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. They're um, on my Instagram and my Shopify. So Danielle Robay, it's the it's called the Question Everything Card Deck. I love that. Uh, and there's 52 questions for deeper conversation. Can we have like a little taste? How are we supposed to use it? Please, can we do yeah. some? So you can use them however you want. Like I did them for myself, and then when I if I like play with. I don't have a boyfriend. I did have <laughs> sure. a boyfriend. I would play like, let's pick a card, you answer, and then I'll answer. Or we could just pick, yeah. you know, a card, you answer, I'll pick a card. Sure. You know? So can I ask Please. you Please. And I'm going to do my very best to not judge myself, but also implore all the tips and tricks you just gave us. 
<laughs> I love this. Okay. I'm about to get to know Kelsey way better. So I'll start off with a softball. Okay. Do plants thrive or die in your <laughs> That's such a fun question. Okay. I'm going to try not to comment on why that's such a great question. I'm going to say like, <laughs> what a fun question. I like to think that I'm someone who they thrive in the presence, but as my artificial plants in every corner of my house will tell you, I unfortunately only allow plant, uh, um, artificial plants to thrive in my space. So I don't know what that says about me. How about yourself? Cause I, I see you nodding your head. Fake. It's fake. <laughs> I I killed succulents. Oh, I don't know how anybody does I, that. That's a talent. They die in my care, and I also don't know what it says about me, but I do think it says something. It you know you get so much from such a simple question from someone. You know, right? Like, I can guess already that I like so. you're an aesthetic queen. I can tell, like just based on your background, <laughs> like you understand the importance of greenery and like you have a respect for nature, like. But also you're a busy bitch and like you probably don't have like the um, capacity of like all the things you do to take the moment to water them because you'd have to have like a notification somewhere to remind you to do that. And like we just don't have time for that. And I feel like I've learned that just about looking at you. Kelsey, I feel seen. Oh. You just hit <laughs> it on the head. Literally everything. I'm so happy. It's so true. I love it. Okay. Number two, this one is actually my... Do AirPods fit in your ear? They do not. I was just noticing. I was like, that's like the eighth time that's fallen out of your ear. Do you have the, the sizers for your ear? Your ears, when they come with AirPods, they come with sizers. I think I'm done with AirPods. I'm going to get what you have. I think you need, yeah, you got to size up the, the hole. You got big holes, which is a <laughs> talent, honestly. Better for listening. There we go. I like it. Okay, this is a three-part. Oh. What compliment do you hear the most? Which compliment means the most to you? And which one makes you the most uncomfortable? Ah, that's such a fucking fun question to ask a bunch of like, I love you. You're so friends fun. at a dinner party. I would love that. I would love. Oh, right. Okay, so to answer it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I probably get compliment recently. It's been my haircut. I used to have long hair and now random people will tell me, Oh, I, I like your hair. And I'll be like, Oh my God. Thank you. Um, was the second, what, what means the most to me? Which compliment means the most to you? When anyone connects with my work that I've done, especially like in mental health or like Ooh. feminine spaces, like when someone is like, that meant something to me, I'm instantly like, this is why I do anything I do. And I think, Oh, that's such a good yeah, one. I think the most awkward co compliment, the most tough to accept is yeah. Which one makes you the most uncomfortable? I think if someone were to just relentlessly, like uh, relentlessly compliment my physical appearance, like if somebody were to just stand and be like, your shoes, your necklace, your body, your hair, your eyeballs. Yeah. I think I would just like shrivel into a raisin and die because I wouldn't know. That's usually me. I'm the hype girl. So to be hyped oh. is like, I would just be like, I'm melting into the wall. I wouldn't know what to do with that. It's too, yes. it's too much love, I, I think. It's, that's really funny because 
you strike me as somebody who gives that, like you said. So it's interesting that it would make you uncomfortable to receive it. Usually we give what we want to receive. Wow. Oh, that's another big one I that just like is going to stick in my mind now. We usually give what we want to receive. Yeah. That's So I need maybe I need to work on getting better at taking compliments, I think, in general. I think so. Like, yeah. I think when people are like, you're a queen, you have to be like, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, and? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll wait for the response. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes, and. Oh. Perfect circle back. So these are such fun questions to not only bring to like a dinner with your friends to get to know them better, but like, how would you bring maybe yeah. that up? or one of these in a conversation that you're doing with someone like, you know how that happens when you're at a dinner party and you're kind of, you get looped yeah. into talking to someone you don't really know and your mind goes blank. I love this. And I think it's important to go into these social settings with prompts. Mm. I call them prompts. Yeah. So it's like, if you feel like you're going to a dinner party or a work dinner and you're like, okay, if my mind goes blank, what two things am I bringing yes. up tonight? And it's like a, a current event and B here's my go-to question. So I think this is actually the next question oh. in the card deck. And I think it's the perfect go-to question for any perfect. setting. What's the story behind your name <gasps> or your nickname? And who gave it to you? I die. That's perfect. It's so easy, right? Yeah. And it's like not, it doesn't feel hard no. to ask. It's like, nice to meet you, Kelsey. Oh, I love your name. Like what, who, who named you? What's the story behind that? That is so per I was like, what is her perfect question going to be? There's no way there's like a perfect question, but that really is a perfect question because it reminds you of their name. You then attach a story to it because I'm notoriously bad with names. And like, as a host, that's like, everyone okay, is, that makes me feel better. Uh, and like yeah. that for a reminder, it puts a story and a pin in it. And then like, they get to brag or like tell a funny story or, you know, hopefully it's not just like, it's my mom's name. And then you're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> if they say that, then you say, um, you say something like, oh my God. So that's like a lineage. Do you have, do you have a nickname then? Like, how do you, how did just your dad call your mom yes. versus you? Perfect. You know? But I think also people love talking about their friends and family. Aww. So it, it adds to that too. Cause it's like usually a parent or a grandparent names yeah. you. And so it makes them feel warm thinking like, like if somebody asked me that, I'd be like, well, my mom named, I was supposed to be named Barry with an I, thank God my mom oh didn't my name God. me that. And she named me Danielle because she said the prettiest girl in her high school was a Danielle and she always like loved the name. And it's Amazing. like a silly story, but I'm smiling because I'm thinking about my mom. And also to that, I would say the prettiest girl in my high school is also named Danielle. So your mom was right. <laughs> And it like, and then, well, I was not the prettiest girl in my high school, so it doesn't totally. Now. And then I, and then I was gonna say, I would throw it into like a compliment, like a, just a shower. Right. I'd be like, you're so hot. You're so smart. You're so intelligent. Like, you're so fun. Like, oh my gosh, tell me your story. That's another big one is like, so what's your story? And I, and I think that throws people off of like, where do I begin? But the name is so personalized because we did the simple complicated. If you ask somebody, what's your story? Complicated. It's like you freeze. Yes. Right. The name. Exactly. Everyone knows so where they give they you a simple answer. From. Uh, I, and yep. you know what's crazy is like, I just looked up at the clock for the first time and realized that we've been talking for as long as we have. And like, God damn it. Oh if your fucking methods aren't working, 
This is like first proof that like, holy shit, I can't believe we just had an entire conversation. I didn't go through basically any of the questions I had written down because there's, are you kidding? Oh, you're amazing. such an amazing conversationalist. And what you're talking about really does work. And like getting that behind the scenes look about talking about something that maybe some people have either the most anxiety about or don't even give it a second thought. I think it's worth revisiting as we go back out into the world, as we are meeting new people, as we're taking awkward meetings over Zoom and shit, like that, this was beyond. This was so epic. And what a fun, I'm going to run to go buy this deck because so cute. You're so sweet. Kelsey, I die. I, um, I always say that a great, like a great conversation, like a truly great one really does take two people. Mm. And I just looked up at the clock too. I can't believe it. I had no idea. So you are so fun. And I, I like, I love you. Oh, You're so wonderful. Back at you. Okay. But like tell all the confidants where they can find you so that they can fall in love with you even more just as I am. Thank you. I'm at Danielle Robay on Instagram, R-O-B-A-Y. And all my stuff is on there. So it's yes, easy. Yes. And definitely go listen to the Pretty Smart Podcast. I mean, if you're liking the conversation here, you're going to love what Danielle is talking about over there. And we can also buy your deck on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Instagram. Perfect. Or if you do uh, like pretty smart, shop pretty smart.com, it'll be up there. Oh too. my gosh. Thank you so much. This is, I'm, I'm going to go through podcasting a completely different mindset. Now I'm going to run off to the post office and have a fantastic conversation, make a new best friend. Um, so confidants take what you've gathered here and go out into the world and use it now safely and vaccinated before you leave yeah, me. I'm not leaving you. What's the story? What's the story behind your name? Oh my God. It means island of many ships. And I feel like that is a euphemism for how big of a hoe I got to be and like fulfill my namesake because like I love you. I was like, Mom, what the fuck were you thinking? And she was at the IV pregnant with me in Los Angeles and they were meeting up for lunch with a friend and she said the most beautiful girl she's ever seen walked in with the friend that they it was his date. And she was like, oh, my God, what is your name? And she said, Kelsey. And she's like, I'm naming my daughter after you. And, like, didn't give it a second thought. She was just like, that's it. It's perfect. And then I was like, you didn't even look up that it meant Island of Many Ships? Because I feel like you should have done a little research into that. (laughs) No, it's so good. It's By the way, I love that both of our moms were like, oh, we're going to name our daughters after pretty girls. So superficial. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. for it. So... Yeah, ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Okay, Danielle, you're amazing. Confidants, definitely go check out all of her stuff. And we will see you next week. Bye.